Welcome to Authors Matters, a podcast from the Authors Licensing and Collecting Society. I'm Caroline Sanderson, and I'm a writer and books journalist. In this first episode of Authors Matters Season 2, we talk to nature writer, journalist and activist Anita Sethi. Her debut book, I Belong Here, A Journey Along the Backbone of Britain, is the first in a nature writing trilogy and powerfully blends memoir, current affairs, travel writing and nature in an act of asserted identity. For it was written after she became the victim of a race hate crime on a train journey through northern England. Anita, welcome to Authors Matters. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. So you were born into a working class family in inner city Manchester and um, people of similar backgrounds that I've interviewed often tell me that being a writer was for a long time not something that they realised they could be. And so when did you realise that's what you wanted to be? I knew from as long as I could remember that's what I wanted to do. I was an absolute childhood passion of mine. I always loved ink, just making marks on things even before I could form letters. And I always loved books. And as you say, you know, I I also grew up in a single-parent family and my mum had to work three jobs as a nurse to make ends meet. So one genius way of keeping the kids busy was to send us to the local library. And then there were local libraries, which are heartbreakingly being closed down. But um, And so books became my home, a home. And I would like lose myself in a very chaotic and challenging home life. I would be able to lose myself in another world. And I, I would literally be able to go up that magic faraway tree to worlds at the top of the tree, as it were. And But as to when I believed that I could make a living as an author, it wasn't something that was ever advocated for me, you know, by my mum. They, they, they came from an immigrant background and wanted me to be able to make a living and survive, and they knew that people from immigrant backgrounds have had to struggle to make ends meet. They've you know, my grandma worked in a corner shop in Manchester, um, and that's where I got my sweet tooth from. So <laughs> it wasn't in my... Co- no, there were no writers in my family. And I thought, why Why is, like... Why didn't they just believe in me? And for a long time, I didn't know why. Only when I was struggling to make ends meet did I know why they were saying it. Mm. So it's incredibly, it's incredibly difficult, and... It does affect everything, and I did follow my dreams. But I have to say, to use like the path metaphor of in, in the book, it was I, I did I did follow an incredibly challenging path mm. to end up with a, a book published. It's very clear from the book, and yeah. uh, you know that um, just how challenging that's been in in many ways. And and but that's what we're doing on this podcast. Really, is talking mm. to writers about all the the obstacles, the the huge hurdles that some have had to had to overcome. So un- until your book "I Belong Here" was published, you you yourself have interviewed lots of writers, yeah. including the great Margaret Atwood. So. Yeah. How did how did you start out as a journalist and a, fr- and a freelancer at that? Yeah. And how difficult was it to establish yourself? So I um, was actually working a an incredibly frustrating like admin job, and I just started pitching things like moon, moonlighting, and I ended up um, pitching to um, interview. Jacqueline Wilson, because I thought she was in the local bookshop. 
and she was lovely and I, I just I hadn't got a commission for it. I pitched it to and I and got to, got picked up by the Sunday Herald and then I had a little cuttings thing I did, and then they gave me Billy Collins to interview and then I ended up reviewing paperbacks in the Observer but all my creativity went in that crafting perfectly little book reviews but it was great I love reading and I love books but I always knew that I had my own story to share I always knew that I wanted to write about themes of home belonging and crafting stories out of chaos but I don't think I necessarily had the confidence to believe that my story belonged in a book either I think you know there's a I think that's why the the title I belong here it's kind of threefold it's what I'm saying in in reply to the man who racially abused me on the train it's also what nature's saying because um, I heard I heard a, a bird kind of singing at one point when I was lost in an Apennines and I thought well, what could the bird be saying and I thought well he's saying I belong here too because um, nature is incredibly threatened and vulnerable as well but the third meaning I belong here is what the book itself is saying I'm saying I belong here my story belongs in a book and it took me a long time to get to the point of having the confidence to say that in an, in an industry not only in an industry but in a world geared to make us feel as if we don't belong and structured to make us feel like we don't belong. It's such a contrast, isn't it? Because, you know, having a book published is is such a celebratory thing. I mean, anybody should be proud of that. There are lots and lots of people who want to have a book published uh, and with their name on the cover. And and not only that, but then you've been shortlisted for a ama- major award. And, mm. you know, it feels like a sort of pinnacle for a lot of people of achievement. Uh, and you should be very proud of that. And it should be a moment where you feel empowered by it as well. Yeah. And I hope you have had moments like that. But I think also it's um, what you're describing is the, the opposite of that feeling, really. And I think things are starting to happen. But I, I get the feeling that you don't think that it's been systemic enough. So what might be the signs for you that things were changing? We can often feel completely overpowered and like we can't change anything. But even if you plant a seed and it grows into a bulb, some small change is better than nothing. And lots of communal seeds will grow. I often felt, before I read this book, incredibly depressed and despairing. And I felt trapped in that systemic inequality. The book starts off with me journeying literally to a place called Hope. There's a place called Hope in the Peak District. It's the start of the Pennine Way. That's my journey in the book, and that's a spirit I try to channel every day when inevitably there will be setbacks, there'll be something I've not been long-listed to, sponsored by some investment bank or... um, You know, so I I keep the hope and spirit alive and I keep the passion burning for what I do, why I'm doing it. I think that in terms of change, it's been really interesting, actually, you know, the the debate around do we need the Women's Prize? Do we need the Jalak Prize? Are they needed? Jalak Prize for writers of colour. That's right. And and some people might think it's patronising to be segregating um, writers in that way. Um, I think it's an interesting debate, you know, that in terms of what role they serve. I see where those initiatives were born from. They were born from frustration at a really monocultural industry, the Women's Prize in terms of gender, the Gillette Prize in terms of race. But I do think that it's important to have that diversity also 
integrated in the mainstream. It's not enough for the industry to say, oh, yeah, but they're represented there in their prize. That's not good enough. They should be on stage where they belong, shoulder to shoulder with their white male, with our white male peers. It does sometimes feel like one step forward, two steps back. And I think what was really, really, really needed, what's needed in the industry to affect real change and not um, just performative allyship, I think that people from different backgrounds need to be listened to and need to have their voices and needs and ideas heard without being met by aggressive, hostile, defensive responses. So I will often be met, I have a whole chapter on this called Speaking Up, about how do we affect change? You, you can affect change by speaking up. And I was incredibly lucky that happened in terms of, you know, a man got charged and I got justice. Mm-hmm. Change happened um, because other people ended up speaking up from hearing my story. They ended, they will report what happened. But you know, I had a man on the train, the train guard listened to me. And I think that needs to happen in the industry. You need to listen to right of us. Don't just shut them down and think they're being annoying. Listen to them. And also, sometimes our, fear, our views or ideas may be expressed with a sense of hurt or anger. But that's that rage and that anger and that hurts coming from a place of exclusion. Mm. And I think, don't just shut us out. Don't block us. I mean, the amount of people who blocked me because I've, you know, I've said... You know, your lineup has, is incredibly monoculture. You have a person of colour. I don't get a reply back. They'll block me. They'll block me on Twitter. And that's not listening, is it? And I think, you know, social media, there seems to me anyway yeah. that there's not enough listening happening. And I really, in terms of change happening, I don't think change is going to happen until we have those really difficult conversations mm. and until the hurt and anger is acknowledged. Mm. And also in terms of practical change, I really wanted to do that with the I Belong Here Foundation and I've made that happen. Um, so I was I was absolutely thrilled to be awarded a Royal Society of Literature, Literature Matters Award. That's something the industry is doing to actually enable practical change, to, you know, to say something positive about things that are happening in this industry. So I was given a grant recently and it was just to have that affirmation for the I Belong Here Foundation. For, it was for nature writing workshops for northern writers, uh, northern writers of colour, but also from low-income backgrounds. Yeah. And um, so I'm setting up the Northern Nature Writers Network and Workshop. Because I think the way to make change happen, Caroline, it's actually something I've been thinking of. I'm like, well, now I actually have the, you know, I have a bit of budget to do, to actually do this. How do I make these workshops, these series of workshops, which are going to make that, elephant in the room go away as it were that monoculturalism go away in terms of class and race how do I do this so I partnered with pre-existing organizations so I've teamed up with four northern festivals Manchester Ilkley Sheffield and Kendall but they're they're giving their spaces like um their lovely spaces so that they're going to platform the nature writing workshops during Mm. their festival it's, it's really great to hear about how you've sort of turned a, a lot of trauma and difficulty in your own life into mm. something so positive. I, I hugely admire you. Are there things that have helped you in your sort of journey as a writer? Absolutely. It's transforming that. I just, I just think of the word, the word alchemy, alchemizing that trauma and pain and frustration, despair, alchemizing it into something creative and positive, be that the book... Um, something creative, positive, which is giving a voice to all that trauma, or then be it, you know, you would use the word activist at the beginning. 
uh, you know, I, this is the book's my way of helping me say I belong here. But then I wanted to make other people feel that as well with the extension of campaigning I'm doing around it with the I Belong Here Foundation. So I'll also be, I'm also rising the train, giving out free copies of the book thanks to the amazing um, sponsorship from Paula Hawkins, Girl on the Train, which is a, a lovely irony because she wrote The Girl on the Train and I was racially abused on the train. So philanthropy from authors like that, that generosity is enabling change to happen. Mm. You, nothing happens without money. I can now give away 500 free copies of I Belong Here at the workshops, but also like walking through Manchester. And I did that. I did that. And just when someone is given a free book who doesn't expect it, even if they don't even end up reading all of it, the, the, the physical object is like a gift. It's like giving something to someone who's never read, maybe hasn't been in that library, or just the joy that I saw on their faces, just that someone's given them something free and, um, you know, a book. And this is also not to say, you know, we let's no one should go to bookshops and buy books. But it's just how do we get people interested in reading in the first place? How do we get people interested in reading to then maybe use a local library and then maybe use that money to buy a book a, a month or something? So, yeah, I think so. I think I've been thinking about ways to affect change in terms of that. I, I felt this in my heart. This is something I wanted to do. And I just kept on it. I got loads of knockbacks. And, but now I have got the support of the RSL and that grant and the support of an author. And they practically helped me to be able to do it. Well, I, yes. And you, I mean, you spoke very powerfully there about books as agents for change or yeah. to, to affect change. And I think in as much as you are very unhappy and at the state in many ways of the writing industry, if I can call it that, and the publishing industry. Mm. I belong here is a very powerful assertion of how the act of writing can affect change yeah, as well. I, I really take that yeah. from it. Yeah, and I have to say as well that you know there's been a huge amount of joy in this experience of having a book in the world. Like the fact that it was published and it was you know the process of having having that signed up was really quick. The fact that it was published and someone agreed to publish it, you know, is wonderful. So. Having it then reach readers and hearing hear, hearing back from like I re- receive messages because I keep my email public on my website because I love hearing from readers. I get occasional racist and meanie, but I cannot even say how thrilling it is to hear from readers. And I hear every day I get those those emails um, that they've read the book, connected with it, and they're so glad that it exists. And you know it moves me to tears and like it makes it feel that it's all worth it. And then people take taking pictures and sent them. They took it to Hull Park. You know the bit about... So there's a chapter called Scars and I walked to the largest natural hole in England, which is up Penny Ghent, one of the three peaks in the Yorkshire Dales. And someone took the book up to Hull Park, having read the book. Another guy, um, a YouTuber, took it to Malham Cove, again in Yorkshire. They took it to Malham Cove and did a YouTube video. So the response it's had from readers is absolutely overwhelming like I have in a good way like I'm still processing it and it's, it just feels magical so there's just so much joy there's so much joy in bringing a book into the world that has been born from pain and is reaching readers that you know maybe haven't seen themselves represented or had had because it's a very vulnerable book like I've, I've been very you know I've worn my heart on my sleeve in, in many ways but I feel that well, if you're a writer then you know you speak your truth it's an it's a it's an important book. The work you're talking about is very important, and I hope people listening to this will 
understand, you know, a little bit better what it feels like to be, you know, or can feel like to be a marginalised writer. So thank you so much. It's a real thank pleasure you. talking to you. Absolute pleasure. And uh, what better reason could there be to write books than to have responses like that and really change people's perspective? So thank you so thank much. Thank you. We aim to reflect the views of a wide variety of authors on our podcast, but their views are, of course, their own. Check out more episodes of Authors Matters wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and please join us next time. Goodbye. <laughs>